You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I'm going to be concluding the series we titled It, and uh, thank you for all the responses that, that we've been receiving, the positive responses on, on the series. A lot of people have been saying some really good things. Uh, going through the book of Nehemiah has been wonderful. Here's your homework is we're not going to finish the book, but we certainly have seen the gist of the book, and we've been able to see how Nehemiah was a wonderful leader and how God used him to, to do the it in his life that was very important not only to him, not only to Nehemiah, but it was important to God. And all of us in here have something, and it is important to us, but it's also important to God. And it starts with us. We need to grab a hold of the fact that it won't get done unless we do something about it. Amen? We move forward with it. And so as we get to this place in the last part of the series I want to talk to, to you and conclude the series with a, with a uh, message that I've titled, It Will Always Get Accomplished When We Overcome the Three Ds. Three Ds or 3D is a wonderful thing. It's three-dimensional, right? When you think about 3D and you watch a movie in 3D, you're like, wow, that was amazing. But as we look at this part of, uh, of Scripture, the three Ds that I'm going to talk about are things that we need to overcome. They are things that Nehemiah faced that he needed to overcome. And we all have challenges, and we have things that come upon us. And even as we venture out in these next four weeks, and four weeks are going to go like, like that, as we move into this it, this big it of launching another campus, and we go into the Christmas season, there will be things that will rise up against every one of us that will try to keep us from doing the things that God wants us to do. And because of that, Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person here. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence. That word is huge, Lord God, your presence. When your presence is manifested, we know that there is a living God. We don't serve a a, a tree. We don't serve a star. We don't worship a building. We don't worship a human person outside of Christ. We worship the living God. So right now we open up our hearts and our minds for your word to permeate and penetrate every one of us. Whatever Whatever is in our lives that can keep us from that, I just pray right now in Jesus' name for that to be removed for at least these 30 minutes so that people can hear your message and leave out of here changed and transformed for the glory of God. We pray this. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. 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 So we need to overcome the three Ds. And, and the three Ds that we're going to see in, chapter, uh, in this chapter in, in Nehemiah, which is chapter 6, is we're going to see things that came at Nehemiah. And the first one is distractions. The first thing that we need to overcome is distractions. You can't finish it when you're distracted. 
And I want you to even think about you, you, yourself in here in this building right now. How many of you are distracted? How many of you, think about it, how many of you can process what's being said? How many of you are listening or you got all kinds of things just taking you away from being centered or being focused? There are so many distractions in life. In fact, I just can, I, I can read people sometimes and, and how we can get so distracted. Um, each distraction is a deterrent to what God has placed before us. Think about that. Each distract, distraction is trying to deter us from what God has for us. Look at what it says in, in, uh, in chapter 6 of Nehemiah, verse 1. Sam Ballot, Tobiah, Isham, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall, that no gaps remained. You see, because Nehemiah, he, he, he stayed focused. He began to work, and he said, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything else, but we're going to finish this. And it says, uh, though no gaps remained, though we had not yet finished uh, or set up the doors in, in the gates, so the doors had not been set up. And so Nehemiah is really being very, uh, uh, he's really giving us a great description of what's happening. So Samballot and Isham sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized that they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? And then four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave them the same reply. Four times, four times, that message of, of stop your work, stop what you're doing, that distraction that can come into uh, our lives is exactly what, what was going on in Nehemiah's life. A distraction is anything that comes between you and the, the completion of something that is very important. And Nehemiah's response is so important. His response was, why should I stop working? It's not going to profit me if I stop, and I'm going to plan to keep moving. You ever been doing something and you, you, you get a, a group text message? Anyone ever got a group text message before? The thing about a group text message is that everyone can reply. And if your phone is on and your volume is high, you hear that bling, ding, or whatever you have on your text messaging uh, uh, alert, and you hear that, and the more people that reply, you hear ding, 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 and guess what? Every time that we're doing something, it may be very important. What do you do? You go to see what they texted. You've done it. If you're laughing in here, you've done it. If you're not laughing, you've never done a group text. But it distracts you. It takes you away from the work that you're doing. How many of you know that right now in the holiday season, people get very distracted? I, I, can, I can prove that. So last week, we have a tire in, in, in one of our vehicles that was going low. Every three days, I have to put air. And you, anyone that knows me knows that I am the furthest thing from a mechanic that there could ever be. So Sean says, well, what's wrong? I don't know. It goes low. 
So we took it to, we took it to uh, the tire shop in Tucson where we buy all our tires from. And I went there, and they, they were so busy, and the people were crazy all over the place. And, and, and so I said, would you please, my, my tire is going low. It's a, it's, a, it's a fairly new tire, but it's going low. Every three days, I got I to put some more air in it. They said, okay, we'll take care of it. And I said to the guy, I said, if you, uh, if you please, if, if the tire is fixable, would you please repair it? But if it's not fixable, go ahead and change the tire out. Oh, yeah, no, no problem, Mr. Reese. We'll take care of it for you. So I said, while you do that, my wife and I, we're going to go down, we're going to walk down the street there in North Tucson. We're going to go and eat something. So we went to El Charo there on, on, uh, on I'm telling you exactly where I even, even went and ate. We went to El Charo, and we went and ate something. It was, it was, it was good, and, and Sean and I, after that, uh, I said, let's go to Dunkin' Donuts. You get some coffee, and I'm going to go back. <laughs> it's right down, it's right there, right? And we're walking. I said, you wait for me, and I'm going to go get the, go get the vehicle. So I went and got the vehicle. The manager comes out. and said, oh, yeah, uh, the guy who took care of it wrote it down. He said, yeah, brand new tire, this and that. And I said, okay, I paid, took off, drove home. Yeah, driving good. Got to the house. Two days went by. Two days went by. And um, I said to myself, I said, I better check the tires to see how they're doing, right? Because that's what wannabe mechanics do. And so we were there. And, and so I look at the tire that they changed down. I'm, I'm like, that looks like the same tire. So I get Sean out because I don't know for sure, right? Babe, come here. Check that tire out. And do you tell me, is this the same tire? Because it's the same brand as all the other ones. And, but it doesn't look new. You know, the new tires, they have those little things sticking out, those little rubber things. You know, that's how you know. So I know they're new. And so, so anyways, Sean comes out. I, I don't know if it's, it doesn't look new. So I drove back and I, I went to the manager and I said, can I talk to you? And he said, well, I'm busy. Anyways, I'm going to make a long story short. He came out with me. I said, would you please go out with me? Before you do, tell me what kind of tire they put on there. Because they didn't have that same exact tire. So he said, this is what they put. I said, oh, would you go with me and just read and see if I'm reading this tire wrong? Because it's not saying that. So to make a long story short, they, put, they didn't change the tire. They, put, they kept the same tire and they fixed it. And I'm fine with that but just don't charge me for a new tire. <laughs> all I care is going from one point to another point. I'm not the kind that needs all that. So I said, they didn't change out the tire. He says, I know they didn't change out the tire. So he treated me really, 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 really nice. <laughs> they changed out the tire, and it ended up that he said, Mr. Reese, we changed out the tire for you. We did this and this, and... He said, and we refunded your money. We changed out the tire. No charge. It's all taken care of. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but here's what I want to talk about is that he was very distracted. They were all distracted. In fact, that night when I paid, one of the customers that was paying was rah, 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 yelling at the manager and saying all kinds of things. Maybe they, maybe they didn't put the tire on her car. I don't know. But he was so distracted, and they were so distracted. And what I'm telling us is when we're distracted, we will never, ever be able to fulfill the things that God has for us to do. Amen? So one of the things that happens in our lives is that 
when distractions come, you've got to stay what? You've got to stay focused on priorities and don't major on the minors. And one of the things that we tend to do is we major on the minors and don't major on the things that are priority in our lives. And Nehemiah teaches us, don't go there. So there's someone in here today that you've got a lot of distractions coming into your life. And God is speaking to you and say, don't major on the minors, major on the things that are a priority in your life. And God will take care of the rest. Second, second uh, G, uh, D. Second D is discouragement. You have to remember that just because something is difficult, it does not mean that it's impossible. Just because something is difficult, it does not mean that it's impossible. I've been out, uh, and, and if some of you guys get mad about this, that's okay. I still love you. I know that you still love me, but I've been out deer hunting for the last three or four days. I love it. I love going out there. It's a place that I can just not just focus on harvesting a wonderful field of venison animal that we will enjoy. Someone said amen. One, one person. Everyone else. I can't believe. One person said amen. But one of the things that, that, that you'll find out is, is if you're out there that it's not easy it's not easy to harvest a deer. You're in your territory. And so what happens, in fact, I know this because I took uh, three other individuals with me that, that are family members, and uh, after an hour of being out there, oh, I don't know if I like this. They were discouraged because they think that the, the deer are going to just say, hey, here I am. Go ahead, right? They don't do that. They don't, they don't do that. And so discouragement can set in because it's not easy. And let me tell you what happens, beloved. What happens to us is that we say we're going to do these huge things, but because they're not easy to do, we get discouraged and we stop. Nothing that's going to be amazingly awesome and is from God in your life, nothing is going to be easy. Those things that you're trying to overcome, those habits, those hang-ups, those things that, 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 that are so difficult that you've you know, formed a habit, you can't overcome them easy. You can overcome them through the power of God. And so discouragement begins to set in. Now check out uh, how, how uh, Nehemiah, what he faces. It says the fifth time Samballot uh, Sambalat's servants came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There is a rumor of, among the surrounding nations that Isham uh, tells me it is true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are rebuilding the wall according to his reports. You plan to be their king, and he also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there is a king in Judah. 
you can be sure that this report will get back to the king, so I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. And so he read that letter. Think about it. Just He read that letter, and then he replies. And he says, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making the whole thing up. That, that's important to us. Now think about it. I want you to think about this. When people come into your life and they say things that are not true, why do we take so much time focusing on them? When someone is spreading rumors about you, when someone says what your, your motives are, are wrong, your motive, what, what you're doing is all about you, or you're trying to do this, and it's not true, why do we spend so much time on it? We all have situations, maybe family situations, where, where, where there's, you're at odds with, with each other because the devil doesn't want us to be united. Amen? Or maybe friends, or maybe work, and, and so maybe things, people have said uh, things about you that are not true. Why do we focus on the things that are being said if they're not true? Nehemiah teaches us, he says, there's no truth in any part of what you're saying. And then he goes on, he says, they were just trying to Im- intimidate us. They were imagining that they could discourage us to what? Stop the work. They were trying to discourage us so that we would stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. So instead of getting discouraged, instead of him stopping, he said, I'm going to work harder. It's a lesson for all of us. If something is not true, don't focus on it. If someone is saying something to you and it has no validity, don't focus on that. I looked up the, the Hebrew word for, for, uh, for discourage. It's a word, rafa. And that word actually means to slack. To slack. You get discouraged. What happens when you get discouraged? You slow down. Uh, it's not worth it. I'm trying to lose these 20 pounds. It's not worth it. Just give me another burl. <laughs> I'm never going to do it anyways. Put some enchilada sauce on top of it and cheese, please. <laughs> Just melt the cheese. Yeah, you can tell who hasn't lost 20 pounds right there. <laughs> but the reality is we get, we get discouraged. We, get, we, get, uh, we, we begin to slack. But when we focus on what? When we focus on truth. Notice. Now, Nehemiah said, those things that, that you're talking about me, that I want to become the king, that's not true. I don't want to become the king. The only thing I want to do is build this wall. And God has opened up every door. He he gave me permission from King Artaxerxes for me to build this wall. That's a big opening, right? He allowed for me to have all these products, 
all the timber delivered to me so I could, and the rocks or whatever I needed, so I could finish the wall. He provided all this. Every door's been open. Why am I going to focus on the lies that you're trying to spread about me? I need to say this to somebody because I know for me, the biggest hits that I've ever had have always been lies. It's people that don't know me. It's people that say things about me, and they don't know me. They don't know the kind of person that I am, so they'll say things about me. And my words have always been this. This has always been my response. My vindicator is God. My vindicator is God. He knows me. He knows my heart. He knows my motives. And so discouragement, rafa, that wants to set into your life, that second D, you need to come against it with what? With truth. See, there's some people in here you're discouraged. And, you're, and a lot of times we're discouraged because we're trying to do things in our own strength instead of doing things in, in the Lord. So Nehemiah focused. He focused. And then he didn't believe truth. And then the, the, the third D, the third D is detractions. Detractions. And that, that word simply means when there are things that come into our life, obstacles that try to derail the plan that God has for our life. They detract. They take us off the tracks. All of us are on a path. And there's a path that is from God, and there's a path that we make up ourselves. One of my favorite uh, scripture verses is, there's a, there's, a, there's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but in the end it leads to death. And then I just, I just put that with uh, John 14, where Jesus said, I am the way. So if Jesus is the way, I better follow his way instead of my own way. Anyone agree with that? Anyone in here just say, that's me. I need to follow his way, not my way, because I don't want to be derailed in my, in my life. Um, I worked underground, and so working underground, there was, there was uh, uh, we, we, we got around with locomotives, and we had battery motors, what we called, and we had flats that you'd load up, and then we had big ore cars underground uh, from uh, 1,600 feet below to all the way to 3,500 feet below. There was all kinds of activity going on underground. And when things got off the track, it stopped production. Remember that, Mike? And they had re-railers in every panel. I'm not going to go into all that, but every panel where they would have the ore coming in, they would have re-railers because these huge trains would be going through. And when they came off the track, they would say, you could hear on the audio. Every, those audios all over the place, so you could hear what's going on. And if something happened and you, there's an emergency, you can go to the audio and say, hey, dispatcher, we've got this going on. There's an there's a accident or whatever. And whenever a, a train wouldn't get out of the panel with the ore, the, the dispatcher would be saying, hey, panel 17, what's going on? There's no muck. There's no muck. We need to move that train. Well, we're off the track. We're off the track. That's exactly what happened. We're off the track. We can't, we can't get the train moving forward. That would stop what? If you're a miner, that would stop what? 
Production. If you're a minor, say it like you really mean it. Stop what? Production. production. It stopped production. And so that's exactly what happens to us if we're not careful. So Nehemiah, he faced this, and I'm going to read it. Later I went to visit uh, Shemaiah, son of uh, Deliah, the grandson of Metabel. Uh, man, these, huge, these words. And was confined to his, who was confined to his home, he said, let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the door shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. But I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? That's a very good response. Um, no, I, don't, I, I won't do it. I realized, I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and to make me what? Make me sin, derail him. Now, think about this. This is huge. In your life, there will be things that will come in as obstacles to derail the plan of God. There are things that will come into your life to try to derail the plan of God. You may be watching them on television. You may be watching them on your computer. You may be listening to them. You may be living in them. And they're trying to derail the plan of God. They're trying to derail your marriage. They're trying to derail your witness. They're trying to derail everything that God has placed in your life. See, I, I, don't, I can't read minds, but if I could, and if I could see what, was, what if was, was in our minds and those temptations, what if they're all showing? Like we had a monitor. Right? He said, they were trying to make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and what? Okay, let's, okay, let's get out of the turkey mode. They tried and what? Intimidate, discredit me, derail me, right? And then he goes to God. He said, remember, oh, my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sambalat have done. And remember uh, Nodiah, uh, the prophet, and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. And one of the greatest gifts that God gives his people, beloved, and, and everyone can ask for this gift to operate in you, one of the greatest gifts that we can have is discernment. There's something not right. You see, some things in our life are very apparent. There are some obstacles in our life that are very apparent, and you see them come. You can see them a mile away. If you see that rock in the middle of the track when you're on a locomotive, what are you going to do? Stop. But there are some things in life that are not as apparent. There are cracks in our track that need to be repaired. That will derail a locomotive just as much as a big, uh, big rock will. And so in our lives, we have to fix the track on our path. We continually have to fix those things in our life that are taking us off of center and our walk with God. And those cracks don't start out big. They always start out small. And they get bigger, and they get bigger, and they get bigger. And before you know it, you're at a place 
that you did not want to be and you are calling Pastor James or you're calling someone up because there's a catastrophe in your life and in your home and you need the help of God when God all along was trying to keep you on the track. been trying to keep you on the track. He's been speaking to you. We just got to think, are we listening? Nehemiah heard the voice of God. Nehemiah said, I realized that God had not spoken to him. Have you ever had someone speak to you and said something that you say, that's not God? When someone says something to us and it doesn't align itself with how God, his character, to build us up, edify us, and that doesn't mean that we cannot be told sometimes, hey, the road you're headed on is going to lead you to a road of destruction. That's okay, but it needs to be spoken in an attitude that brings glory to God. He said, I realized that God had not spoken to him, that he had uttered his prophecy against me because of, you know, these individuals. And they were hoping to intimidate me. And I think the greatest thing right there, not only intimidate us, intimidate means that you're going to be shaking and you will not move forward. When you're intimidated, you will not move forward. When you're intimidated, you will not move forward. But the reality is that it wanted to make him sin. And there are things in our life that want to keep us from what God wants us to do. I'm going to end with this last verse. Actually, I'm not going to end with this last verse because i got some action steps that I think are wonderful. But look at this, verse 15 and 16. So on October the 2nd, the wall was, say with me, finished. Just 52 days after we had started, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were, look at this, instead of, instead of Nehemiah being intimidated and sinned, his enemies were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of God. And every one of us, everything that we do for the glory of God that he's in, people will know they have done this because of the hand of God. So here's your action steps. Here's your action steps. Number one, you overcome distractions by staying focused on God. Hebrews 12.2 says we need to keep our eyes on Jesus who is the author or the champion who initiates and he perfects our faith. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Number two, you remain positive. This is important. Please grab a hold of this. You remain positive by surrounding yourself with God's message. That means the word of God and his messengers. That means God's people. Get in a small group. Stay connected. Surround yourself with people that are going to be good for you. Uh, First Thessalonians says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. 
And let me have some action step background. Uh, something. I need something. Number three. Make sure that you watch for obstacles on your life path that have their aim at derailing God's plan for you. I love 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. It says, the temptations in your life, that means that we all have them, right? The temptations in your life are no different from what others are experiencing, those obstacles that we have. But God is faithful, and he will not allow the temptation to be more than what you could stand. In other words, begin to fix the tracks, the cracks in the track. Begin to fix them. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you will be able to endure. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we've had, and as we've as we've gone through this series titled It, I pray that the it's that you have before us, that you will allow for us to move forward, for us to be able to accomplish it in your power, in your strength, and especially in your truth. And so we pray this in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Bless every person here. May we leave this morning encouraged and, and, uh, and, and led in a way that is challenging but yet doable through the power of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen and amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.